There's the full-time siren. And New Zealand's run out 30-0 winners in Hamilton. And it is the Kiwis who win the Pacific Cup in this Rugby League Pacific Championship. Shutting Australia out. Utterly dominant. And the Kiwis are on top. Five tries to nothing. A perfect day for New Zealand. Jordan Canitas with the call out of SEN in Australia, as heard here on SENZ. Uh, if it was a Kiwi calling, it would probably be screaming. It would be inaudible, um, and you wouldn't be able to understand what we're talking about. A truly historic result for the Kiwis, uh, beating the Kangaroos by 30 points to nil. As I said in my sermon at the top, this will enter the pantheon of great rugby league results for the Kiwis. Uh, a long, proud history of matches between these two nations. Uh, but really have New Zealand uh, ever experienced something like this. It's alongside uh, some of the more uh, famous victories, of course. There's been high stakes involved, closer games, um, but right up there with uh, the World Cup final win in 2008, the demolition uh, in Leeds in 2005 when they wrapped up the the Tri-Nations. I'm sure many people uh, were immediately sort of taken back to that night because of the scoreline featuring um, a bagel. 24 points to nil on that occasion, but 30 points to nil might, in fact, I think is the uh, most lopsided result against Australia in their storied history in International Rugby League. They are the gold standard, so I'm sure there's a bit of soul-searching going on. Uh, Greg Alexander from SEN uh, in Australia, and of course, uh, from our breakfast crew over there, the former kangaroo is going to join us in a short period of time. But uh, a wonderful, wonderful result uh, for the Kiwis. Uh, anyway, you slice, and what I loved uh, from them in the early stages, they looked to be a little bit more endeavour. They, they were the ones looking to push the envelope, playing a little bit more expensively, even when it was, you know, nil all, six nil. They were the ones who really went on, um, were willing to chance their arm, and ultimately they were what rewarded for that. If you look across uh, some of the key statistical uh, categories, well, New Zealand sort of ended up dominating possession. I think it was about 60-40 in the end, but a uh, couple of uh, key numbers for me. No line breaks from Australia. No line breaks. Like, seriously, they're littered with attacking talent, uh, but couldn't find a way through a stoic New Zealand defensive line, while New Zealand looked very enterprising in attack. I'll use that word again. Uh, and forcing Australia to miss, I think, over 50 tackles. Let's get the Australian verdict. Always uh, wonderful to catch up with this man. Knows the game inside and out. Uh, represented Australia with great pride himself and, of course, part of our, our family of uh, stations in Australia on SEN. It is Mr. Greg Alexander. Brandy, welcome aboard. How are you doing? Uh, going well, Dan. Good to talk. I think it was you in commentary, if I'm not mistaken. You said it was an embarrassing result. That's probably fair, right? Uh, I think 30 to nil, and, and you just went, and I didn't know, need to rattle through all the stats that uh, were damning for the Australian side, Fifty, over 50 missed tackles, 34 of those in the first half, um, wow. seven line breaks to nil, not, not a line break by the Australian team, and, and you're right what you just said, they are full of, um, you know, strike right across the park, and I thought, yeah. you know, they, they let them, they weren't ready for what New Zealand uh, the ambush that New Zealand put on, and they, they would have known it was coming. With New Zealand getting beaten by Australia the week before down in Melbourne, and Australia looking comfortably the better side, I thought, in that game, and Tino and Payne Haas coming back up front, 
Liam Martin coming onto the edge. So the, the team was strengthened coming into this game, but there was no fight in the Australians. And it was, it was I thought it was obvious pretty early that, you know, the Kiwis knew how they had to start. They had to start well, aggressive, and uh, and they did that. And it lasted for the 80 minutes. The, the, the Kiwi performance was, was outstanding. You can criticise the Australians, but those players that were under pressure from the Kiwis stood up. Dylan Brown was great. Actually, you didn't have a bad player. You could go right through the 17, and 17 players were all great, all eight out of tens. There wasn't a... There wasn't a quite Kiwi on the ground in uh, in Hamilton on <laughs> Saturday. You talk about starting fast with aggression. Now, on reflection, I think from the opening kickoff, James Fisher Harris's opening carry sort of, you know, it's it's a snapshot of what's to come, isn't it? Just brute force and sends one Australian flying back, and really they're on on the front foot from the kickoff. Yeah, well, he does lead by example, James. There isn't there isn't a great deal of talk from him. So what what he does is <laughs> yeah, follow me, boys. So that's you know, and that was that's great, that's great leadership from from James Fisher Harris. Exactly that because that they he set the tone right from that first uh, kickoff return, and um, and the rest followed. Yeah, and they're they're great big game players. Those two Penrith front rowers and Joe Tarpany was again magnificent. Um, but you, as I said, you didn't have a, a bad player. It started well, and it did not stop. They didn't relent, and that's what you've got to do against an Australian side. And you know, I'll, I'll just bring it back to Penrith. You know, every side that kept every week, the question would be asked: How do you beat Penrith? Well, you've got to play for eighty minutes, and that's what you've got to do against an Australian side. But probably not on the weekend because that Australian side was gee, they let themselves down. Fifty tackles. There were some players that almost got to double figures, missed tackles. Um, and areas that I thought were a strength for Australia, the two hookers, the hooker combination, I, I you know, kept referring to that after that first game in in Melbourne last week, that that's where we really had the advantage, the Aussies, with, with the two hookers, Ben Hunt and Harry Grant. But they were quiet. They missed tackles as well. So it was, a, it was an Aussie side that, um, that just weren't prepared for what needs to happen in an international game against a Kiwi side that, you know, I spoke about it all week about this Kiwi side's full of individuals that can turn around that sort of form that they showed in Melbourne. And that's exactly what they did. Mindset was correct, uh, ready to do whatever they had to to win the game. But then they got they got a, they got the strike to, to trouble any team too. Like, Dylan Brown, Jerome Hughes was fantastic. He was good in, he was good in week one against the, the Aussies. In Melbourne, I thought Jerome was one of the better players, even though he had a couple of moments. Um, but Chance was fantastic and playing injured, obviously, that we found out. Uh, Joey Manu was involved, and that's all you need jo- want from Joey. Um, if he's involved, something good will happen. Ronaldo had the game of his life. Um, you could go right through them. Jermaine Asako has been one of the talking stories of the season, uh, let alone, you know, of this international series. So... Uh, it, it's all good. I, it's been a long year, but you know, and I, I'm not saying that because Australia got beaten. I'm just saying I was saying that two weeks ago. It's been a long <laughs> year. Fourth of Feb was the first game of rugby league this year. Fourth of February, and we there. We were on the fourth of November, and we're still playing. And just on the back of that, I want to backtrack and talk more about the game itself. A, a long year, but yet we've really struggled to get rugby league, international rugby league, into this calendar, don't we? Um, we do. Where, 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 where is it? What, what is the future of it? I, I want more of it. I love it, but I, but I understand the priorities with other organisations lie elsewhere. 
you know, what part of rugby league is the international element? Um, yes. I, I, I don't know because at the moment it's the third wheel. It's, it's, it's behind club footy and it's behind state of origin. They take precedence when you're organising your season. Uh, and I heard Mal talk about it after post-game. Um, and he said, well, this is the window. And, well, it is the only window. So I, I don't know what more you can do. I, whether you have a standalone Anzac test, um, which seems to have you know, been pushed aside. I, I didn't have a, a great issue with that. It's one game. Um, where we fit it in, I, the, the, the calendar is so full. You know, when we're starting trials earlier, we're going to Las Vegas, we've got World Club Challenges, we've got... Um, we've got all-star games. Uh, where do you fit it in? I, I don't know. There's, this, the year's not long enough. There's not enough months in the year to fit international football in. I, you can't play any more. Like what, what they've just played, if that continues, it, that's, a, that's, you know, that's, that's a big ask, even if it continues to the level it was this year. If you get a month of football every year after every long season and a season that kicks off early February – uh, it will take its toll and you'll you'll end up it, it will lose its luster because you will you will find yourself in a position that you did 10 years ago where players are going uh, uh, no I don't want to play now I've I've my years long enough I've I've had enough now Mal on the Aussie side of things has tried to bring some pride back into the jumper and made it important uh, and you know he's he's been successful at doing that. But if you keep gilding the lily uh, like we have been and you continue to do what has happened this year, it'll get to a stage where international football will suffer again and players will be going, uh, I need surgery or no, no, I'm, I'm unavailable. Mel Meninga, very, very complimentary about New Zealand's performance. And, you know, as coaches do, um, probably took it a little bit easy on his own players. I, th- I think he said, I can't question the effort or attitude. We probably can, though, Brandy. I felt they were sort of going through the motions when I looked at New Zealand, who were willing to try things. The the side that showed more adventure, uh, took more risk, got the reward. Yeah. There's there's not that big a difference between the two teams. And when you stack them up individually, uh, both teams, you know, both teams are, are full of stars in the right positions. They're... Uh, granted, the Kiwis had Brandon Smith and Jeremy Marshall King unavailable uh, to jump into that hooking spot. But when you look at the packs, when you look at the halves, um, the outside backs, they, they stack up pretty close. So there shouldn't be a difference uh, to what we saw in yesterday. And, you know, when it comes down to it, if you're missing 50 tackles and you're the best players in the NRL, you are the Australian representatives, you have been playing origin footy, both for New South Wales and Queensland, Yet you miss 50 tackles, you get beaten 30 nil. Would you say that? How I, I said it was embarrassing yesterday. Well, would you say that the effort was there? I, I, mm, I don't think so. I don't think no. the effort. No, I don't think it was there. And the players can't say. Every now and then, you know, you say, "Oh, we we tried," but you're not not trying hard enough. Seriously. Yeah. Especially when you look off the look across the divide, look across what, the effort being shown by the other the other yeah. side, and you know I, th- I think that's one thing fans can ask for is effort and energy, and, and I think it was was lacking from the Australian perspective. Hey, Marcus texted Brandy and wants to know he wants to know the truth. 
He, he says, you, you, you have great connections. You, you would have heard out of the kangaroo camp. He wants to know, really, how mad is Mel today? How mad is he really today? Uh, he'd be very disappointed. <laughs> Mal, Mal doesn't get mad. Um, Mal, Mal would, be, would be disappointed. That's I, I can't I can't say any more than that. And I have I don't know exactly. You know I don't know what what's gone on in camp leading into the game or after the game. But Mal Mal's pretty. He's pretty even even keeled fellow. Um, he'll be very disappointed with uh, with that. And as a coach, you can't say that the players didn't try. And I'm not saying players didn't try, but there's a difference between doing everything you can to win a game and just doing enough. And I think yesterday they just did enough, um, but it was enough to get beaten by 30. Yeah, interesting. Interesting mm. uh, times for sure. Are you ready for a break, Brandy, from league? Uh, yeah, I've, yeah. I, 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 was, <laughs> I was happy to see it all wind up yesterday. Um, I, didn't, I didn't see all of the PNG-Fiji game, um, but I'm... Yeah, I, I guess I'm sort of like the players, and I, I think like the fans too. Like, we only had 13,000 show up at Waikato uh, yeah, Stadium. Uh, it was disappointing. And uh, we had a caller in this morning uh, to our show and said, well, we don't get many games, you know, we don't get many games down in Waikato. And um, we were saying, well, if you didn't get many games, why didn't you all show up? Um, you might get more games. But uh, I, I think there was a feeling right across the rugby league fan base Players, coaches, I, th- I think everyone is glad to see that it, it is finally done, 2023, because we had players playing yesterday or Saturday, uh, but we already had clubs that are ret- had returned from pre-season their break, and we, we're preparing for 2024, yet we're still playing. So, you know, I, look, I, I don't want to can it too much, but it's very hard to squeeze ev- all of it in, and one will suffer. And uh, going on the Pacific Championships this year, great win by New Zealand, but something's got to give. Uh, it might be the international football will always, I think, struggle to find a time slot. Yeah, which for me personally, and I, I understand this world, it's not the money spinner the other twos are, and people run where the money is spun too, if you know what I mean. But I, I think it's a wonderful point of difference. Um, I, I love international league, always have, but I, I understand... Uh, I might be in the minority as far as the power brokers. Can I get you out on this one, though, Brandy? Uh, Michael Maguire, obviously a great result for him. Um, you know, Guy Can from the Tigers, probably more of a reflection on the Tigers uh, than him and his coaching ability. And he's going to be unveiled, we understand, in a couple of weeks um, for the New South Wales job. Over here, there is a, a bit of discourse around whether or not he can do both the New Zealand mm. and the uh, New South Wales job. That there might be some, n- not the fact that he can't fit it into his calendar, clearly he can, but there might be more of a conflict. Mm. How do you see that? Uh, yeah, I, I, because it's no one's ever done it before, because it's new, I, I think everyone's just trying to get their heads around it. Not so much, as you said, with time, because he can certainly do it. Um, Origin finishes in mid-July. You've got eight weeks and finals of NRL to be played before you play international. So uh, time constraints, absolutely. He can't do the Canberra job and do both. So you'd think he would be plumbing for the, the both the international and the, the state job. Um, if you can get your head around it and think, well, I see perception-wise... I'm, I've been able to get myself over it. New South Wales, New Zealand, does that, you know, fit? Well, yeah, I, I haven't got a problem with it. Uh, I know that New South... I haven't heard anyone from New South Wales say, no, I don't like it. Um, 
I know there's a, a fair bit of agitating from the Kiwis, and I can understand that. You know, do we want someone that's involved with New South Wales coaching our our country, um, and he's not a Kiwi? Um, I can I can understand how it doesn't sit well, uh, but I think he can do both, and I don't think there is a conflict. I, you know, having not listened intently to a couple of commentators, Kiwi commentators, about their problems, but sort of. Uh, sort of glossed over and heard a little bit about, you know, how do how do we stand? Won't we have Michael Maguire sort of uh, trying to talk some Kiwis into representing New South Wales? And that, don't forget, they've got to play for. They can't have played for New Zealand. If you've played for New Zealand, you're not playing State of Origin. That, that's that's the rule at the moment. Um, and then you know, I've heard Justin Horro, Tony Kemp say, well, you know, but what about younger players? So, steering them down the, the, the state of origin line instead of the international line. Um, I, yeah, that might happen, but I, I doubt it. I, I, I don't think Michael Maguire will be trying to talk young Kiwis into playing origin instead of representing their country when he's both coaches. <laughs> uh, I can understand there's a maybe a bit of a conflict there, but I, I can get past that. So uh, after saying all that, I, I think he can do both. And, and I, I don't have a problem with him being a blue, him coaching the Kiwis. That that's that doesn't raise an issue for me. Brandy, always a treat having you on the show, mate. And I've had a really busy day. Go, go rest up. Thanks for joining us here across the Tasman. Appreciate good it. Good man. Good to chat.